0: Hi, I'm your host, Emma, and welcome to my new podcast, Trip Report, the podcast that gives you all the info and tips so that you can make your holiday awesome. For this episode, I'm going to be talking about my own trip report, so it'll be a little bit different to my usual format. So let's get straight into it. I went with my husband Jonathan and my two girls, Bronte, who was almost three at the time of the trip, and Leila, who is eight. We booked the whole trip through Virgin as a package. Well, everything apart from the tickets for Universal, the Universal Parks, which I bought online after checking out the best deal. We flew from Gatwick. And we left on February the 11th, 2020. We live in Surrey and Gatwick isn't massively close. So something we've been doing for a while now to prolong our holiday and to help getting to the airport go smoothly is to stay overnight in a hotel at or near the airport the night before. We use Tesco vouchers, which is a great way to get this for free as well. So we headed straight up after school on Monday the 10th and stayed in the Block Hotel at Gatwick. We had a bump bed and a queen bed. It did the job. It was very small. Either way, it was much smoother way to start the holiday and just makes the holiday start off on the right track. The Block Hotel is right in the terminal and if travelling by train there, it's really simple to get to from the platform to the hotel. So I do recommend it. The flight went fairly smoothly the next day. Well, <laughs> of course, we were travelling with a toddler, so that was <laughs> always going to be tricky. But I had heard to get some surprise toys to keep little ones occupied. And I have to say, the best thing we did was to take a Kindle preloaded with some of her shows on it to watch. I didn't really think about the fact that she wouldn't be able to see the seat screen because she was so little. But having the Kindle there really helped her stay occupied and stopped her getting too bored. The arrival into MCO airport went fairly smoothly, not too much of a queue to get through the immigration and to get our bags, although I've heard this isn't always the case there. Um, So I guess you just have to see what happens with that one. I had thought and heard that we could get an Uber easily from the airport to our first hotel at Universal, which was the Lowe's Royal Pacific. However, with the added car seat that we needed for Bronte, we found that there wasn't really any available, even though it was only mid-afternoon. However, there's not really anything to worry about. There's a taxi company right outside the airport and they helped and it was about $40, I think, to get to the, to the hotel. The Lowe's Royal Pacific is really beautiful. It was such a, a lovely surprise. A really great hotel. It's got a gorgeous lake as you go in and a waterfall with a bridge that you kind of go into the leads into the entrance into the lobby of the hotel. It feels really luxurious and the smells are great when you go in the lobby and the staff are really great as well. It's just it's a really nice hotel. So we we settled in for a bit and then we took a stroll over to City Walk to get some food. I was really surprised at how well the the girls did, actually. Bronte, was it was getting really late now, UK time, but they they just kept going. But we ate at Cowfish, which was really amazing. It's a mix of burgers and sushi, which is our definite favourite in our house. The atmosphere was really great as well. And they had a little computer where you can design your own fish, which then goes into the computer aquarium, which is kind of in the middle of the restaurant, so all the diners can see it. And that was a huge hit with the kids. They loved that. The hotel is in a great location as you can walk to both of the Universal Parks and City Walk, which are all in the same area. So it's, it's a great hotel. And for this reason alone, we felt that it had a huge benefit over the Disney hotels. Just being able to walk to and fro as and when you wanted is a great bonus. So the next day was Wednesday, the 12th of February. And this was the first day of two that we had at Universal. So we went to Universal Studios first As they had the extra hour on there Before I went I didn't realise That it was different parks And different days for Universal That they have the extra extra hour And the whole time Well we were only there for the, the two days But the two days that we were there They only had it on at Universal Studios Which was... Uh... A little bit annoying because it would have been good if it they'd sort of done every other day as different parks but anyway so we headed out just after seven and we walked over to the park from the hotel it's about six minutes walk it's a really nice walk it takes you past a river with a uh, there's a kind of grounded plain and lots of pretty bushes and flowers so it's a great way to start the day we queued up and we were allowed into the park around seven fifty. And they had picked a a couple to open up the park. I think Disney do this as well in a slightly different way. But this was so lovely as the guy that was picked to open up actually proposed to his girlfriend. So that was a really nice start to the day. We headed straight over to the Wizarding World and Diagon Alley because I'd heard that 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 was a good way to sort of plan your day, to tour around the park. My older daughter, Layla, is a huge Harry Potter fan, so I told her that I needed the toilet and we didn't tell her where Diagon Alley. And there's no kind of signage or anything, so you don't know where it is exactly. You just kind of stumble upon it, which is quite cool, just like, I guess, Diagon Alley is in Harry Potter. So when we turned the corner into Diagon Alley instead of the toilets, her face was priceless. She was pretty awestruck, um, so I'm glad we tricked her. So that was quite fun. We walked straight onto the ride Escape from Gringotts, and we used the rider swap, which was really great. Although the little one, Bronte, wasn't too impressed with the the waiting room, which is a bit like a jail on that ride, and because they have Harry Potter playing. It's a little bit old for her, so that wasn't great, but we just kept her occupied and she enjoyed watching us off the ride. So Universal have a different rider switch to Disney. They both have the rider switch options. So at Universal, you go through the line together and then you wait in a room while the first person rides and then you immediately swap. So it's a, a quicker process. Whereas at Disney, you go to the ride and whether you have a fast pass or not, you find a cast member who then gives the rest of your party who are wanting to ride the second swap, they give them all a fast pass so that they can ride the second time. Both have their benefits, but Universal did get both parties through the ride quicker, so I did kind of think it was a bit better. Now, because we were staying at one of the three Universal Studios hotels that offered it, we all got the express passes. These come as a plastic card separate to your ticket and they have got a little barcode on. And we quickly realised that we really needed a lanyard to make it easier so that we, we weren't trying to take the card in and out of our bag all the time. So I'd really recommend the stay at one, that you stay at one of these hotels as it made it all a lot smoother and so much quicker. Even in the Harry Potter parts, we just walked on to nearly all the rides. So after Escape from Gringotts, we headed over to Ollivanders where they do the wand choosing and a kind of little show. And we were really thrilled as Layla was picked, which was quite emotional. It was a really special little process and I was really hoping it was going to happen. She was one of the few kids in the room, so I'm sure that helped, but she was also in full robes too, so I guess she looked like a bit of a Potter fan. We then hot-stepped over to the Minions ride because I knew that this was also a popular area of the park and I wanted to get on it before the huge crowds entered, which we successfully did. We then continued to tour the park. We went to Shrek 4D and we caught the Shrek characters after outside. Then we rode Transformers and we met the Transformers, which is a must-do in my opinion, even if you just watch and, and don't queue because the queues were huge, but amazing costumes that they've got there then we met poppy and branch from trolls and we rode et which is of course a classic favorite in hindsight this was maybe a little too scary for bronte but she did okay and then we rode woody woodpecker's coaster this was bronte's first ever roller coaster and she just about made the height and she absolutely loved it after that, we went into Curious George Playground for a few minutes. It's often said that there isn't a huge amount for little ones in Universal, and I think it really depends on how you approach the parks. Disney is definitely geared more towards the smaller kids, but there's still some things to do at Universal. It's just definitely more waiting around, as they can't ride on most things. So it depends on, on how you kind of approach it. We knew that this was going to be the, the case, and it was definitely more for Layla and for us. And Bronte just kind of went with the flow. After that, we then went and had lunch at Bumblebee Tacos in the Simpsons area. It was really yummy, but there was no veggie options. And we found this a kind of recurring theme on our trip, that it was quite tricky to get veggie and certainly to get vegan options. Then we rode Kudos, Hurl and Twirl, which is great for the little ones. And we we all loved it because you can kind of bat the twirly faces of all the Simpsons characters and they make noises as you go around and you can go up and down so that you can hit them. Then we rode the Simpsons ride, Men in Black, Fast and Furious and The Mummy. I was really glad we didn't do the rider swap for the queue for The Mummy as The queue would have really freaked out Bronte. There's a scary kind of animatronic mummy that makes the lights flicker and things. And I don't think she would have taken to that too well. So that's a definite negative to the Universal system for Rider Swap. Then after that, we return to Diagon Alley to do all of the wand bits and check out the shops. If you haven't heard of this or aren't sure what I'm talking about, you can buy an interactive wand. You can either buy it via the Ollivander's Experience that I talked about before, or you can just go into one of the wand shops and choose your own. It isn't a cheap thing to buy. It's around $60. But they have lots of different designs and they're pretty cool. So you go once you've got your wand, you go around the Wizarding World in both parks and there are small gold plaques set in the floor with wand spells on. You also get a map with your wand that tells you where all these places are. And you move your wand in the way that's shown and different things happen in shop windows or to statues, etc. around the area. So water pours over an umbrella statue or trolls do a little dance in a window, etc. I would say for any Potter fan, it's a must. And the technology is certainly really impressive. So then when we exited Diagon Alley, there's a little phone box there. You should try and remember to dial magic in there. And don't forget to ask questions also of the teller in the Gringotts Bank. There's an animatronic goblin in there who's interactive, which is is really cool. There are some cool questions you can ask. You know, there's a list of questions online. But one we particularly liked was, did you know there's a dragon on your roof? which has a great reply. Anyway, in regards to the Wizarding Worlds, I think in hindsight it would have been better to have done it all together, but I was worried that everyone would have done this. Then it would have been packed elsewhere in the parks later on. So we chose to tour the parks in the way that we did to try and avoid the crowds. And we just explained this to the kids and they got it, they got on board. After our second trip to Diagon Alley, we made our way to the front of the park for the Mardi Gras parade. We staked out a spot and we got a pizza pretzel while we waited. I wouldn't really recommend these, but they did the job as we were all pretty hungry by that stage. But the Mardi Gras parade, wow, what a parade. Such a great time to go to the parks. It's so much fun and (laughs) we got so many beads. Layla was really thrilled as it was all she'd gone on about all day. We got lots of, wow, that's a lot of beads for the rest of the day. We were sad that the Mardi Gras food wasn't available that I'd seen on YouTube. Or at least we couldn't find it available. So after the parade, we went over to Toothsome's Chocolate Emporium, which is on the City Walk. It's this big kind of factory that's billowing out smoke and it's all like a big chocolate kind of Willy Wonka-esque factory. Really impressive in City Walk and it it looked amazing. So we decided to just have dessert for us all and Layla chose a crazy huge milkshake. (laughs) These things are huge. They come in a large mason type jar with whipped cream and a huge slice of cake or a donut on the top and sprinkles and everything. (laughs) But she barely touched the sides of it. (laughs) We definitely could have had just one between all of us. But we were pretty exhausted after that. We'd had a great day. I'd like to make a recommendation at this point. It seems like a good point to mention Crocs Ride Light Sandals. They saved my feet so much as they are so comfy. Jonathan was wearing sketches throughout and his feet hurt mid-afternoon whereas mine and Layla's who was also wearing the same sandals were completely fine so that's a definite recommendation if you're touring in the heat. So that was the end of Wednesday. The next day was obviously Thursday and that was the 13th of February and we got to the park around 7.50 and we were fourth to get in through the gates and this day we went to Islands of Adventures. The gates opened at nine so Jonathan went off to get some breakfast some Starbucks for us all and we entered the park finally around 8.40 and headed straight to Hogsmeade but we were stopped at Zeus Landing until nine. So it's worth noting if you haven't been before that the parks do open earlier than the time that they state. So they let you go into the kind of entrance to the park or into certain areas of the park. They won't let you necessarily go on any rides. The rides probably won't be open until the stated time. But you can get there and you can start almost queuing. Um, so although it might say that it doesn't open till 9, like I say, we got in at 8.40. So that's worth planning for. So we headed straight to Hogwarts and we rode the Forbidden Journey. And then we rode Flight of the Hippogriff twice as Bronte was loving it so much. But the uh, Forbidden Journey is such a great ride. All the theming around the castle is amazing. Apparently you can also ask for a tour that was without the ride. But we just did the rider swap and it it worked out really fine. Then we headed into the main part of Hogsmeade and we tried out all the wand spells and visited Honeydukes bought some whizzing whizz which all the sweets have to say in honeydukes and in the wizarding world area of course they're really overpriced we tried to get something that we couldn't really get over here like of course you can get like the chocolate frogs everywhere and Bertie Botts beans so that's why we thought we'd try out the whizzing whizz but I wouldn't recommend them I think it was about ten dollars for the pack of them and there weren't anything to write home about it was really special riding on all the rides, uh, I have to say, in the Harry Potter area. I worked on the Harry Potter film, so it was quite emotional, going, like almost reliving it and seeing all the things that we've made in the films actually be made into a ride. It's quite strange, but really special. While we were there, we wanted to ride the new Hagrid's ride, but we, was to- we were told that it was closed until late afternoon, but with no time frame. So we had no idea what was going on. So we left that area and we went off to Zeus Landing and we rode the train, the carousel and one fish, two fish, which were all great for Bronte. And we grabbed a few character pics too. This area of the park was really empty. So that was really good. And like I say, it is great for the, the little ones, but we all enjoyed it. After that, we went back to Hogsmeade for lunch at the Three Brimsticks. Again, there was no veggie options which we do try and eat veggie if we can. So the kids had fish and chips and chicken and chips, and we just shared like a salad and a corn, which was fine, but it'd be great if we could see some veggie options in there at some point. Then after that, we went on to Jurassic Park and the Camp Jurassic Play Area and the Pterodon Flyers. And then we went to Kong Skull Island, which I have to say is probably, thinking back, is now one of my favourites from the whole trip. The ending is so spectacular. We also rode, rode the Hulk, which is a favourite from when myself and Jonathan went 14 years ago. So we, we knew that that had to be done. Although I do remember when we rode it before them doing a countdown at the beginning, which they didn't really do this time, which is a shame, as I thought that that really kind of made the ride even better but anyway it's still great then we went back to Hogsmeade to go onto the Hogwarts Express back to the other park, to Universal Studios apparently each way you ride it is a different experience so we wanted to go over to the studios and then return back and continue touring but when we got there we saw a big crowd and I didn't know what it was and then we realized that Hagrid's was just opened so we got into line and i don't know how it happened but we found ourselves right at the front um quite quite the luck we had there uh 15 minutes later and and i rode first and i was on now the rest of the time this had at least a two hour wait so we were so so lucky it's such a great ride i don't want to give any spoilers but it's it's really special very cool you should try and do it if you can but don't wait two hours no rides are good enough for two hours in my opinion Then after that, after we'd done the rider swap, uh, we jumped onto the Hogwarts Express finally and we did a little bit of a mooch around Hogsmeade again before heading back to the Hello Kitty shop for a promised visit for Bronte while Jonathan did the Rip Ride Rocket. I don't know if you've seen this ride. It's a bit crazy. It literally goes vertically straight up and then almost vertically straight down before doing loop the loops and all sorts all while playing music in the headrest which sounds amazing but I'm judging from his video that I've seen since I'm kind of glad I didn't go. Apparently there's only a lap belt and no shoulder restraints so you really feel unsafe going upside down and with a sheer vertical drop. Then we just had to stop for a lard lads donut which is this giant kind of fluorescent pink crazy size donut which we all shared and um, definitely another recommendation. After that, we headed back to the Kudos, Twirl and Hell for another ride as we loved it so much. And then we headed back to Islands of Adventure for the Hogwarts-like show. That is such a special show, really magical in the dark. We were, again, really lucky to catch the last show of the night. There's a lot of people in the area, but the castle is so fitting for the show and they've done a great job, so definitely try not to miss that one. Finally, after that, it was time for tea. So we headed to City Walk to go to a place that we really loved when we went last time, which was Margaritaville. And sadly, it was closed for a private function. We found that a lot of City Walk seemed to be closed for functions and the other half had like a 40 minute plus wait. So we didn't want to wait any long, especially with the kids being so tired. So we settled on a hot dog at the aptly named Hot Dog. It's not the most memorable meal we had, but it did the job. Another exhausting but very brilliant day. Oh, and top tip, if you buy a wand and don't want to carry the box with you on the the second day or if you go back for a break and then go back to the park and don't want to take the box, make a holster from a hand towel rolled up and popped into your bag and then the wand goes into it easily and protects it because the box is quite big and it's a bit bulky to carry it around. This was brilliant on our second day at Universal. So that was the end of our time at Universal. The next day was Friday the 14th of February and it was our move over to Disney World. So we got an Uber. This time we didn't have any trouble getting an Uber with a car seat. The option for the larger one with the car seat was available so that was all great. So we got an Uber over to Port Orleans French Quarter and we arrived around 1215 We got our refillable mugs because we were on the dining plan and we headed to Disney Springs. We had the regular dining plan which means that we got a quick service meal, a table service meal and two snacks per day per person. They had met our room request. I'd put in a room request about a week before we left. So we'd put in our room request and we'd got the ground level in building four which was really cool. It's a Great location. It's near to the buses, which is the main thing, but it's also near to the kind of restaurant area, the lobby area, and also the laundry and the pool. So it's really central for everything. After we checked in and unpacked a little bit, I'd heard about the polite pig in Disney Springs. So we thought we'd go over and try it. And I was not disappointed. The food is amazing. Uh, we had brisket and salmon as quick service credits and Layla had the pork slider, all amazing. And the mac and cheese is to die for. Then we stopped for a cheeky snack at the cookie dough van, which it, it is literally uncooked cookie dough and it came in this kind of big pretzel. It was very over the top and one we, we kind of shared between us all, but that was fun. Then we went back to our resort to find our room and unpacked a little bit more before heading to the Polynesian for our dinner reservation at Ohana. We had to get a bus to the Magic Kingdom, then the monorail to the Polynesian because there are no buses resort to resort. You have to go via a park or via Disney Springs. But stupidly, I'd booked it for 8.05 and sadly we couldn't move it forward. Obviously, the fireworks at Magic Kingdom are at 8 so we it's a I'd heard it's a really good place to watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks from, so we went to watch the fireworks on the beach as we the lady at check-in said it's much better to watch it from there, but sadly the rain started, so we headed inside about seven fifty in the hope to be seated in time, and we were seated right at eight, so we managed to watch a lot from our table despite the rain. it's still really magical, and definitely recommend this as a Dinner reservation. They pipe the music in as well, and the food is so good. It just keeps coming and coming. We were so tired. We tried to eat as much as we could. It was really good. And also, I'd mentioned to a couple of the reservations that it was Bronte's birthday coming up. So there was a few spots along our trip that they gave us like an extra cupcake, or one time we got a birthday card with all the characters signed. So. If you do have any kind of celebration, I would definitely tell them when you do your reservations, especially if you do it over the phone, you're able to tell them or they'll ask you, are you celebrating anything? Just let them know and then they can give you extra little bits of magic as you go along. So after our dinner we were so tired so we tried to get an Uber to get home so that we could avoid the changing of the buses but we just couldn't so we headed home via the buses and both kids fell asleep in the bus Um, and when we got back to our room we had a goodie bag waiting for us which was really cool. We had no idea why it was but it had lots of treats in it and two Star Wars pins and it was in a resort bag and everything so that was a really nice surprise. Saturday the 15th was the next day and that was our first park day and that was at Animal Kingdom. It was also the start of President's Day weekend. So when I booked it I didn't know that this weekend was a thing. So when I found out I was a little bit disappointed and I was a bit wary of the crowds. We were out the door at 7:35 and on the bus at 7:45. We couldn't get on the first bus sadly just cuz there was so many people. And this was one of the few times that we had to take the second buses. Uh, Port Orleans French Quarter is a small resort, so it's great for the buses. You don't have to wait too much for them. But sadly, on our first day, we did. We got into the park at ten past eight and we walked straight into Safari and then onto Rafiki's train to the animation experience. And we picked up the Wilderness Explorer book. This was an extra magic hour day at Animal Kingdom. So that really helped with the crowd's first thing. Um, we went into the animation experience at 10 to draw Share Khan, which was really cool. Layla got to meet some YouTube stars she'd watched teach her to draw before we went. Not that you would probably need any help in getting your kids excited about Disneyland, but they have a ton of tutorials on YouTube teaching you how to draw Disney characters. So Layla had watched a few before we left home, and we really enjoyed doing this as a family, and drawing all the different Disney characters so definitely look that up if you've got a little artist in your family. After the animation experience we got back onto the train to go back to the park and then we headed to our first fast pass which was for Everest. We were right at the end of the fast pass time but they allowed us to do the second rider later for the rider swap which was, was great. That seemed to be a theme, that's what they do, the second rider or the second lot of riders are able to do that rider swap whenever they want so that was really great after that because we'd already been on safari i swapped out the safari fast pass to a lion king one for the 3 p.m show and we went to have our lunch reservation at tusker house where we had lunch with donald daisy mickey and goofy lunch was really good it was buffet style so it's great for the kids and there was lots of veggie options this time which was a nice welcome change I asked for an off-menu virgin cocktail and I got a yummy raspberry smoothie type drink, but it was also a bit sickly sweet. But it's worth noting that you can ask for different things if it's not seen to be readily available. Then we headed to Pandora for the Navi River ride. And we picked up a couple more Wilderness Explorer badges on the way and we had a photo in front of the tree in Pandora. The ride is awesome. Lots of beautiful lights and scenes, but the kids found the animatronic at the end a bit scary because it's quite a big kind of person moving about. I thought it was really cool, but they they really didn't like it. After that, we went back to Africa for us for our Lion King Fast Pass. We waited in line around 2.20 for the 3 p.m. show. It got busy really fast, so I recommend leaving some extra time for that one, especially if you don't have the Fast Pass. I then managed to get a fast pass for Nemo at 4.30, so we headed there after the Lion King. Bronte sadly fell asleep, so Jonathan had to wait with her while me and Layla went inside. Afterwards, Jonathan was able to use the rider swap for earlier for Everest, so he rode that while I got snacks for the Rivers of Light show. We got a Mickey pretzel, chips with pulled pork and cheese and a tiger tail, which were all from Discovery Land, and they were all snack credits. I'd heard that using mobile ordering even if right there is quicker and it definitely was we had a dining package tickets from our lunch at Tusker House so we went into a separate entrance for the show which it helps it's not definitely necessary but it all helps so you can get better seating and a bit more time to get your seats the Rivers of Light show is a must-see at Animal Kingdom the way they project the light onto the water is pretty spectacular and it's really quite moving we really loved it after the show, we headed home via bus, which seemed to take ages, around 45 minutes. Park was crazy busy on that day. It was a Saturday and it was Presidents Day. We saw waits of four hours for Flight of Passage and two hours for Everest. There were too many people who really didn't like it. The next day was Sunday the 16th. We had a later wake-up and then we had morning in the pool after beignets. You've probably heard about beignets if you've read anything about Port Orleans French Quarter. Apparently lots of people head to the resort just for them. They're really nice, but I personally wouldn't make a special trip. They're perfect for breakfast as they're a snack credit on the dining plan. So if you're on that, then it's a good choice. They're basically like fairground doughnuts with tons of icing sugar on, but they're really yummy. And you get three for one snack credit, so that's a great use of your credits. So we'd planned a day by the pool, but we were surprised that the pool didn't open until 10. Um, Universal's pool opened at 8, so this kind of surprised us, but it, it was what it was. Layla did the Mardi Gras pool party that they had going on with prizes for the kids, and then we headed to have a shower and headed back to Animal Kingdom again. We were on the bus at 12.30 and straight to Satuli Canteen for lunch for chili tofu, which was one of our favorite quick service restaurants. It was a really good choice. And Pandora is such a great place to visit again, so that was a really nice lunch. After lunch we headed to Nemo again, the Nemo Musical. Um I've managed to change one of our fast passes to Nemo yesterday, so I make puppets and costumes for a living, so I wanted to watch it again and Bronte. And Jonathan had missed Nemo the day before, so we all went together and really loved it. The The scale of the production is amazing, considering it's just a kind of little show at Disney. After Nemo, Bronte had a sleep and we did ride a switch on Dinosaur and Flight of Passage. And these were fast passes that I'd managed to get this 60 days out. We both liked Flight, flight of Passage. Um, Layla refused to go on. It's an amazing ride, but please don't wait four hours for it. Like I say, about waiting two hours for Hagrid's. Wait on that day was crazy. The Universal rides are better, as you can't see the other cars we found, like the Harry Potter rides than Flight of Passage, but it's still great and it is different. It's a different ride. And the crowds again were so crazy, as I say. The hours were bonkers for all the the rides. There was lots of slow walking as well. After Flight of Passage, we left and we went to Boma for dinner at Animal Kingdom Lodge. The food was fabulous and it was a really nice way to see another resort. It was another crazy busy day Animal Kingdom. All the buggies and scooters make it so hard to get anywhere fast when it's so busy, especially when you're trying to race across the park to your next Fast Pass. So at this point, I'm just going to explain, take a minute, to explain how I was moving and adding to my fast passes so well and how even though it was crazy busy, we still didn't wait in line for very long. Before I went, I was researching so many things about Disney. I was binging YouTube videos. Uh, By the way, you should check out DFB Food Blog and Tim Tracker on there if you haven't already. I made a huge board on Pinterest and I listened to so many hours of podcasts. I found some Facebook groups super helpful please check out Orlando and beyond as it's a really funny group and you can get some great advice in there. Anyway, within all that research, I didn't find out much about how to really utilize the FastPass system. Then as I was scrolling on Facebook, I saw an advert for a system called the Insider Strategy Guide. I was really skeptical at first and I wasn't sure whether I should purchase it as it, it does cost money, but I took a punt and I paid up for the system. I have to tell you that this guide seriously made my trip. It's not that expensive, but it gives you so much information. Ali and her team have made a series of videos. It takes you through all the ways to utilise the Disney app and it teaches you how to avoid waiting in lines, even for all the big hitters like Flight of Passage, Everest, etc. But I also found that all the extras she has put into it are worth it alone. She has a list of park by park and even into individual areas where to find the best snacks, and she's adding touring plans and extras all the time to the system. So it's lots of value. There's also a really cool Facebook group, which is just for people that have bought into the system. And there's so many knowledgeable people on there. It really is a good idea to join that as well, if you, if you get the system. I printed up some of the snack ideas and the fast pass important info, and I laminated them. And I, put them, I printed them up kind of quite small, so it was four to an A4 page. And I put them on a ring binder and attached that to my belt. And then when I needed the info, when I was touring the parks, it was right there. That was really helpful and and really helped when we were hungry. But without without the fast pass info that she gives you, there's no way I would have ridden so many rides, as you'll see throughout my trip report. Anyway, I'll stop harking on about it now. I'll add a link to the system in the show notes so you can take a look. I cannot recommend it enough. Anyway, back to the trip report the next day was Monday the 17th. This was the actual President's Day and it was our first trip to Hollywood Studios. As the crowds had been so crazy I was really worried about Hollywood Studios being such a popular park at the moment with the Galaxy's Edge etc. So we boarded the bus at 7 and we got through security by 7.30. We headed in and over to Rocking Roller Coaster as I would heard that this was a, a good rope drop option since Slinky Dog and Galaxy's Edge is super popular. I already had a slinky dog fast pass, so I wasn't too worried about that. Anyway, while we were at the rope drop, we managed to get the uh, Rise of the Resistance boarding pass 99, which is not amazing. If you know anything about the Rise of the Resistance at the moment, and this is probably going to change, who knows, but at the moment, you have to get a boarding pass, and the only way to get that is for everybody that's riding to be in the park just before it's open and then you go onto the app and you click on guest boarding group and you click through and you add your party and then you get called at some point during the day. So we got boarding pass 99 which obviously we don't know when that's going to ride or anything but at least we'd got something. Jonathan's phone couldn't get anything and it took me a while to refresh the app but... Like I said, at least we got something, although it did say it was a backup group, so we were a little bit disappointed. After all of that, we went straight onto Rocking Roller Coaster at 8 when the park opened. We rode single rider and we did the rider swap. And then we went into our first fast pass of the day, which was Toy Story Mania, which we all loved. It's a really great family ride. Then we stopped for a Mickey Pretzel for breakfast and we headed into The Little Mermaid. It's a fun show, but it's not a patch on Nemo the Musical, I'm afraid, <laughs> but we still really enjoyed it. Then we went on to our third fast pass, which was Beauty and the Beast. I then managed to get another fast pass for Alien Swelling Saucers, which is another great family ride. And after that, we managed to catch the Green Army Men Band from Toy Story. which we- They're really fun. While we were on Alien Sources before we saw the army band, Jonathan managed to get a fast pass for Slinky Dog Dash, which we were so excited by as our original fast pass was for another day. And it meant that we didn't have to kind of come back and, and wait for that. We could change that day up a bit. But before our time for that, we went onward to our Ogre's Cantina reservation. Now, this is obviously within Galaxy's Edge and it's a really cool venue. But if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, you could probably miss it. The animatronic DJ is is really cool and the atmosphere is too and we were lucky to get a table as I'd asked on check-in and we were put with another two parties. There's a lot of standing room only tables so if you have kids or you just want to sit down I'd definitely ask on check-in if it's possible for a table. I had the blue milk with the cookie, Layla had a bubbling mocktail which was quite fun for the kids and Jonathan had a beer. Definitely not a cheap place to go, and there's no dining plan accepted, but like I say, if you have a Star Wars fan in your group, I would try and get a reservation. Galaxy's Edge is so impressive. It's really similar to the real set, and we loved the stormtroopers coming through. The characters kind of mill about without stopping, so you have to grab a photo on the move, and there's no autographs in that area. However, you can get a few of them at character spots near Star Tours. It's called Launch Bay. So there are character meets, they're just not really in Galaxy's Edge. After Galaxy's Edge, we headed back to Toy Story Land to wait to meet Jesse, Woody and Bo Peep. It took us 30 minutes to meet Jesse and another 35 to meet Woody and Bo Peep. So I waited in line while Jonathan finished up at Ogre's Cantina with the kids in Galaxy's Edge and that way the kids didn't have to wait in line all that time. There's not a huge amount of shade in that area and it was quite a hot day. And then what we also did as well is we split the wait so that when Jonathan came back, he waited with the girls in a shorter line for Buzz Lightyear. And then when they'd done Buzz Lightyear, they then popped over to Jesse. So it saved a lot of time and it meant they didn't have to double wait. Then it was our time to use our FastPass for Slinky Dog. So we rode on that. It's also worth noting that the fast pass window is slightly longer than it says on the app. You can use the FastPass five minutes before the time and up to 10 minutes after the time. Also, if you are near these times, some cast members will allow you to go through as well. It's totally up to the discretion of the cast member. I always found that if I casually sort of alluded to what I wanted rather than outright asked for it, I always got what I wanted. I saw a lot of people demanding things from the cast members and also saw that most of the time they got refused outright. So it's just about, I guess, I like can't think it's how you approach it. Dinner that evening was at Hollywood and Vine with Minnie, Mickey, Daisy, Donald and Goofy. It was our favourite character meet of the trip so far. The food was really good. It was a buffet style again. And it came again with the dining package for the Fantasmic show in the evening. After dinner, we scored another Toy Story Mania Fastpass again as we loved it so much. It was our favourite of the park. So we went and rode that. And our final attraction was the Frozen sing-along. The historians, who are the kind of cast members who lead the sing-along, were really funny. We really laughed at this. And, of course, the girls love Frozen, so it was a a big hit. Queues were far less at the end of the day for that, so I'd leave this until last. We just might want to check the operation times, as I think it closes a lot earlier than the park does. Fantasmic was the final show of the evening, and we're glad that we didn't sit right at the front like we almost did. It's quite tempting often to go right to the front. It got really cold in the evening that day. It wasn't really cold, well, at least it wasn't as cold as it was going to get, but it was chilly enough for hoodies. And with the water in the show and then the fire, the girls would have not liked being that close to the show. So I was quite glad to, to not sit, sit mega close. Sadly, we didn't get to ride Rise of Resistance that day as it only got to 88, which was really frustrating. But anyway, we got straight home into the bus with no weight. And that was the end of Monday. 17th so the next day was the 18th and it was a split resort day and magic kingdom so we had a later wake up again and a morning swim at the pool we did a much needed laundry run now laundry i think they have them in all the resorts they have like a actual laundry room where you go it's it was three dollars a load plus detergent or you can bring your own which i'd Heard recommended, and that's what I did. And I I also heard while we were there that it wasn't great from the machine. So definitely take your own detergent if you're planning on doing a wash halfway through. The pool at the resort is great. There's life vests for the kids, and our resort also had a splash area, a large pool, and a slide with plenty of sun loungers. So apparently there are quite a few pools around the Port Orleans Resort, but we only used the one at French Quarter as it was it was so handy as near our room. As we knew we wouldn't be using our original three morning fast passes, I changed them to evening ones. So I changed from Thunder Mountain, Little Mermaid and Buzz to Balmstormer at 5.35, Dumbo 6.35 and Buzz Lightyear at 7.35. So we stayed at the resort for a little bit longer. We walked up from French Quarter to Riverside along the river for a quick service meal for lunch at the kind of sister resort to ours i had the plant-based burger which was really good found that a lot of the plant-based burgers just had a small leaf next to it to show that it was vegan and the naming of it wasn't that obvious it was it was things like california burger etc so it could be a little tricky to note we're not vegetarian or vegan completely we kind of pick and choose but we mostly don't eat meat so it was a definite benefit because, like I said before, there wasn't a huge amount of choices. But I think Disney can make it a bit easier with how they word things and show people what are in the, in the choices. Anyway, we went back to the room after lunch for sleep and then we got onto the bus for Magic Kingdom at five o'clock. We were through security and into the park and into Barnstormer at 548 Uh, We took a look around the circus shop and then we went into onto Dumbo for our second fast pass. Uh, It was still very crowded as it it even took us 20 minutes in the fast pass line. So we were thankful for our fast passes. Then we got a fast pass for Pooh. So we switched that from Buzz and we were on that before the Wishes fireworks at 8. Finally, we got a Little Mermaid fast pass, but really we could have walked on through standby because it really wasn't busy and that was before heading out while the second show was on and we were first on the bus. So that was our kind of first look at Magic Kingdom. So you're planning on a Disney World holiday? That's going to be amazing. But hang on, have you thought about how busy it gets? Are you okay with waiting in lines all day? I'm sorry, I just had to interrupt and tell you about this. This was a huge worry when I was planning my Disney Park days toddler in tow, there is no way I wanted to be waiting sometimes 2-3 to hours for those big hitter rides. Yeah, there's fast pastors. But what if you don't get all the rides that you want, like Slinky Dog or Flight of Passage? Don't worry, I have found the perfect way to beat those blues. The Insider's Strategy Guide with Line Hacks is the complete system that walks you through exactly how to master your park strategy. Get the fast passes you want and even how to secure that hard to get dining reservation. But you won't just get all that juicy info. Ali also gives you lists for all the best snacks, how to use the dining plan to get the best for your money and there's even an insider secret group so that you can ask as many questions as you want. Go to bit.ly.com forward slash get inside a guide that's b-i-t-l-y dot com forward slash get inside a guide or check the link in the show notes and get ready to tour the parks like a pro next day was wednesday and this was our epcot day we had an 8 a.m reservation for garden grill the restaurant is great and apparently all the ingredients come from the living with the land attraction it revolves around the attraction really slowly which is cool and the characters come out at regular intervals the food was again amazing can you spot a theme with the trip (laughs) Um, there was a huge cinnamon bun kind of skillet and a larger skillet full of mickey waffles eggs and bacon and potatoes and there was fresh salsa You could have had as much of it as you wanted as our server asked if we wanted more, but it was certainly a lot of food for four people. Um, We ate quite quickly as we were wanting to rope drop the Soarin ride at 9 and we did that with rider switch with the second rider going on at 9.35. I had read that we should wait for section B row one as i'd heard it was the best place to sit and and it was because you couldn't see the other chairs very much so that that would be a definite recommendation at 10:15 we went onto our frozen fast pass and then we went back to the beginning of the park to ride spaceship earth using our fast pass at 11:15 we stopped for a coffee on the way and i had a coconut iced latte which was a special edition and they let me have it without the donut for a snack credit which was a bonus At 12.15, we rode Mission Space. We rode the green one with the Fastpass rider switch again. We'd ridden the orange version when we'd come 14 years ago and it made us both feel quite sick. So we opted for the gentler version this time and it was much better and we loved it. Then as there was the Epcot Festival of the Arts, we headed there for some snacks for lunch. We had the agave pork belly, shrimp with foam and frangipan cake, which were all amazing. The pop-up stands go to so much effort to make the food look fantastic which is really fun and there was a lot of choice so we were really pleased we did that for lunch. By this stage we were all a bit tired so we changed our plans and headed home for a sleep and a swim before returning back to Epcot around 5.45 for our reservation at Teppanido at 6.30. So we thought Ido was really good food. We love Japanese so we were excited about it and we weren't disappointed. It was not so great with the toddler not on the dining plan, as all the other kind of non buffet places that we'd eaten had offered her something for free, like mac and cheese or whatever, but they didn't. It wasn't a huge lot of food, so she just had to share off of us. Not an issue, but just worth noting. It they kind of cook the food in front of you, which is a great experience and, and really fun, and they kind of make little volcanoes and things out of the food and then on our way back we stopped at Carmel Kush, i think that's what it's called for some caramel popcorn and then headed home to bed the next day we thought we'd try our luck again at rise of resistance at hollywood studios we were determined to get on um so this was thursday the 20th of february we'd i'd read and watched tim tracker on youtube about staying near the front of the park to get good reception so he recommends to go near the souvenir and information booth under the tower with Mickey on it, right at the front of the park. His method worked quite well, but it glitched and it wouldn't allow me to add myself. So I got a boarding pass for Jonathan anyway and we managed to get boarding group 17, which was pretty good. Jonathan wasn't even able to get through to that part, so it was good that I'd got gotten one. Because it kind of glitched, we then went and queued up for guest relations to see if it was possible to add me to the boarding group as well. Amazingly, they were really accommodating and they added both me and Layla to the group. Although Layla ended up not riding it, sadly. But it was great that they can be so accommodating in those situations. Our group got called almost immediately after. So Jonathan went first and I went through after on rider switch. It took around 45 minutes for Jonathan and me about 20 minutes as I walked on through the fast pass line. But wow, what a ride the technology that they have now is absolutely mind blowing lots of twists and turns and it was a full on 20 minutes the cast members are great and they play the parts so well so definitely try not to miss it if you can so tips for the app go to the mention the location i mentioned and beforehand i did it at least 5 minutes before go to the app click on find out more then my status then the next, on the next screen, you can refresh it. So keep pulling down every now and then. And then at sort of 7.58, 59, keep pulling it down to refresh over and over until you can finally click join a boarding group. This is what Tim Tracker recommends and it works so well for us. I'll post a link to the, in the show notes for the link to this video. Apparently yesterday, all boarding passes were gone in 17 seconds. So it was a bit crazy, but hopefully those tips help some people. So while I rode Rise of Resistance, Jonathan and the girls had headed back to the boardwalk for our character breakfast at Trattoria al Forno with Ariel and Rapunzel. The boardwalk is only a 10-minute walk from the park, so it's really easy to get to. I'd wanted to get this reservation for a few weeks before the trip, as I'd heard about it fairly last minute. They're some of the girls' favourites princesses. Sadly, it was really booked up, and I struggled to get a reservation. But I used the website Mouse Dining. It's a great site as you can, you put in your reservation that you're after and it will send you an email or a text if it comes available. Another huge recommendation as I used it a couple of times, I was able to move our Be Our Guest reservation and also I was able to score this one um, using that service and it's a free service as well, which is pretty cool. So go check that out. So the food was really great and the characters were, were great, <laughs> although I don't think Ariel was feeling it that morning, bless her but they can't always be amazing every day, I guess. <laughs> the resort is really nice as well. Um, we might even look to stay there next time, as we liked it so much. Location is so good for Hollywood Studios. After that, we went back to Hollywood Studios to meet Olaf, which was our second longest wait at 45 minutes. Olaf is a great character to meet, and he insisted on hugging Jonathan, which was, <laughs> which was quite fun. I don't think he was expecting that. Um, then we went out and onto the Skyliner at one40 It's quite weird as it feels like you're heading back towards Hollywood Studios, even though you've just left it, but then it turns before going to Epcot. It's it's quite fun and the kids kind of saw it as an extra ride and it's a nice way to travel. Back at Epcot, we entered from the back of the World Showcase near to UK and travelled around the left side towards Mexico. If you're visiting during the Festival of the Arts, I definitely recommend the sushi donut. It's a really good snack that you can get near the Japan pavilion, I think it was. Finally, we stopped off to meet Elsa and Anna, um, and then we went to Turtle Talk with Crush and our reservation at Coral Reef. So we did have a reservation for Akashush that evening. So top tip is if you want to kind of realise you can't do the reservation on that day, you can modify it to another day and then cancel it and that avoids your $10 per person late cancellation charge. So I can confirm that we did this and it worked really well. So worth remembering if you have a last minute kind of change. En route to our reservation, however, Jonathan realized that his magic band was missing. So he headed back to look for it. It would fallen off at the Grand Fiesta ride in Mexico so I was umming and ahhing about getting the keepers that you can get to, to stop the bands falling off. I really wish I'd, I'd got them now. Or you can use a hairband again. Wish I'd done that. But anyway, luckily he found it and been labelled as damaged on the app for some reason. So we had to talk to guest relations. But they were, again, they were amazing. They were so good. They gave us a, um, a kind of a new, like a ticket to get a new one which was really nice of them. It was a bit of a faff, but as usual, the fabulous customer service from Disney, so really kind of made it all all right, all right again. And Coral um, Reef, our reservation was really delicious. The ma- We had the Mahi Mahi fish, followed by Bailey's and Jack Daniel's moose. Sadly, we went right next to the aquarium that we would have liked to have been, but it was still a great meal and we would definitely eat there again. After our reservation at Coral Reef, we grabbed a fast pass for Nemo and Friends and we rode that before finally sorting out getting the new magic band to end the evening. The next day was Friday the 21st of February. So we were up a little late for the magic hour, but we had a reservation at 8.25 for Be Our Guest. There was a huge crowd for the bus, but we were on and finally through Bad Check at 820 um, i gave the bags to jonathan and went through with the no bag line with layla so that we could run ahead to to try and get to our reservation on time so that's a good idea if you can not take bags it's a definite recommendation go through the no bag lines so that you can get there quicker especially with a buggy you know they check it all so that's worth doing but it was really cold on on friday the day before was 30 so that was a really hot day on the Thursday, and then on the Friday it was twelve, so it dropped like twenty degrees. So that was a bit of a shocker. We were pretty cold, but anyway, Min, me, and Layla got to the reservation. They wouldn't let us through with just the two of us. So as much as as it pained me with the low crowd, we went to the shop and waited. Finally, went in to be our guest. We had pre ordered our um food, which is a must as it saves a lot of time. We saw a lot of people waiting. We had yummy, really yummy pastries, and I had the cronut, which was amazing. After that, we headed to our first fast pass, which was Mine Train at 9.40. While Jonathan rode, me and the girls went on the carousel around 10.30, which was a massive hit for Bronte. It's obviously a classic favourite, isn't it, carousel. Then we went on to Peter Pan at 11, and then into Tomorrowland. We rode Carousel of Progress before we went to Space Mountain. We were finding Rider Switch, even with the fast passes taking an hour most times. So we got off that around one o'clock and then we managed to grab a fast pass for Monsters Inc. at one. But by this stage, we were just so cold. The wind was biting and we weren't feeling the excitement of being so cold. So cold that the shops even sold out of blankets as people were using them as capes to keep warm. We didn't pack for that at all. And we were all really cold. So Jonathan and Little Bronte headed back to the hotel while me and Layla went to the mall. We'd bought a few things, so we needed to try and get an extra suitcase. I was kicking myself for not packing an extra one. But anyway, we got an Uber, and the only problem was that we went to the outlets at Vineland instead of International Drive, which was a bit of a fail. So we then had to walk over to the shop called Ross, which was about 10 minutes away which doesn't sound that far, but it was really cold and windy, so we were kind of a bit cold. Anyway, we found an extra suitcase. We had to hold up in the hotel for the Wi-Fi in order to get the Uber back to our hotel, which I hadn't really thought about, but they were really accommodating. And We finally got back to the hotel around 6. We had a quick turnaround, and then we headed back to Magic Kingdom. The break from the parks and the proper sleep for Bronte and Jonathan really helped to rejuvenate us again, so kind of wish we'd done that a little bit more, but then we also wanted to pack things in. So it's a, it's a tricky choice to make. So we had a fast pass for the Buzz ride. So we raced over there at 6.50 to quickly do that before our 7.05 reservation at Royal Table. It's a great ride, the Buzz ride, but we preferred the Toy Story Mania. They're kind of similar, but I guess Toy Story Mania is the newer one. We didn't realise for our dinner reservation that they start closing the castle so early before the fireworks. It took a good 10 minutes for them to let us through. Three different cast members told us different things about the buggy, meaning that we sort of rushed to get across the the barrier where they closed off before the fireworks. Um, So once we're in the castle, we lined up immediately to meet Cinderella. She's right there as you go in for autographs and pictures. However, we soon realised we'd left the girls' autograph books in the buggy. So Jonathan raced back, but they'd moved the buggy to a totally different location. He'd literally only found it because we'd put fairy lights on the buggy, which somewhere I'd read and another thing that is a must if you're taking a buggy because he literally, as I say, he wouldn't have found it otherwise. So he went to come back to the castle to get in for dinner and they wouldn't let him in. So it was still like 25 minutes before the show, so he was a little bit kind of cross because they'd seen him cross, not told him he wasn't allowed to get back. So he was a bit naughty and hopped over the rope and then suddenly there was an extra four cast members (laughs) stopping him at the next kind of barricade. They wouldn't let him come through. So it was just so frustrating because they 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 kind felt like they kind of took the rules to the extreme and they weren't using logic and... They weren't really communicating, even though they, they do this like every single night. It wasn't any change to what they normally do. But anyway, meanwhile, I, I managed to speak to a cast member on, on my side in the castle and she had radioed over and finally he made it back. Um, I just kind of kept thinking, like, imagine if it'd been medication we'd left in the buggy or something more serious. I know it was just autograph books, but it was quite a frustrating thing to happen. Anyway, Cinderella's Royal Table. Was it worth it? It was so worth it. It's one of the most expensive dining reservations. And it's two credits if you're on the dining plan. But it really is great. The food was so good. One of the best steaks I've ever had. Kind of had to have steak because it's so expensive. And I want to get my money's worth. But the princesses were fantastic. We had Ariel, Jasmine, Cinderella, Snow White and Aurora. And you depending on when you book your reservation of course we watch the fireworks from within the castle and it's just so special to see it from within the castle as well as when you watch it from the outside but it's a totally different experience and it was a definite highlight of our whole trip so if you can score that reservation like i think i was straight on it at 180 days out so you have to be quite on it for that or again you could use the mouse dining website to help you So as we exited the park, the Magic Kingdom, they were starting the Villains After Hours, which is an extra ticketed event. It looks really fun, and we headed down Main Street along... They kind of herded us us around the back of the street. So that was the end of our Magic Kingdom day. On Saturday 22nd, we had another trip to Magic Kingdom. So... We started a bit later again and we had some more beignets for breakfast because they're so good. But we already had had Hollywood Studios Fast Passes for that day. When I'd planned it out, of course, we didn't know what we were going to do. So I cancelled them all and rescheduled. So the first one I got was Aladdin for 10.35 to thirty-four-five, And we got there just in time to ride that just within our Fast Pass window. Then I really wanted to try a Dole Whip because I'd heard so many good things about them. Not a fan of the pineapple, I have to say, but the cherry and pistachio was really, really good. (laughs) I wish I'd chosen that one, but once again, it was so big that Layla was able to share it with me. Then um, we headed to guest services to complain about the the whole debacle last night. She ended up giving us a multi-experience fast pass. We couldn't grab a Haunted Mansion one, so this worked out really well. And these are fast passes that you can use on any almost any of the rides though i think we couldn't use it on seven dwarfs or something but you can use them in at any time so they're really good i'd also heard that if you do the treasures of the seven seas treasure hunt near two pirates of the caribbean ride you can get a pirates of the caribbean fast pass so we headed over there the first cast member said that we had to complete all of the five maps but the second cast member gave it to us after only two so that was pretty good except that the ride then was down so it's one of jonathan's favorite rides so we're a bit gutted but we were hopeful it would start up a bit again later and uh if you already have a fast pass for f- pirates they apparently change your new one to a multi-experience but ours didn't switch over we just ended up with double the fast passes but that was okay then we stopped to have some lunch at tortuga tavern which is in um, that area as well and then by the time we'd eaten our lunch the ride was back up, so we rode on that, which was great. And then we went over towards, we were going to ride on Haunted Mansion, but the parade was starting. So we settled down to watch it and we happened to be near uh, Peckers Bills, which is a great spot to see the parade from. After that, I had to quickly go to Guest Relations because I'd forgotten what time I'd booked the droid building and then realised it was really soon. So Jonathan and Layla had to hop foot it over to Hollywood Studios and they made it just in time. And they came back with a really cute, well, they call it B08 unit, that was what they they named it, and a backpack, so that was a fun experience, they really loved it. While they were there, me and Bronte went to Bell's Enchanted Tales at 4.30, uh, we rode on It's a Small World, and then we went to see Full Our Magic, all with fast passes that we just grabbed on the hoof. And then after that, after um Feel Our Magic, I headed back to grab the buggy to meet Jonathan and Layla for our tea. We were going to eat at Columbia Harbour House, but the buggy had been moved. Now, this is in the same area as the fireworks, the same area that we had the issue before. So it was a little bit frustrating that it happened all over again. But it took us 30 minutes to find it as a castle member had shifted it right across that part of the land so more frustration over the buggy especially the i even looked at the signage and it said you know specifically stroller parking and they'd still moved it but there you go anyway we headed over to sleepy hollow after eating at columbia harbor house and grabbed the churro ice cream sandwich which i'd heard about um it's huge but amazing <laughs> It's also a great place to watch the fireworks again. So it was really nice to watch it after we'd eaten at the royal table so we could see the room where we'd eaten. And that was really special, like imagining people in there like we were the night before. And then we were straight on the bus and into bed at 9.30, which was another late one. And we were ready for Sunday the 23rd, which was Hollywood Studios. So we got up late again (laughs) because we'd had such late nights. We were at the bus stop for 9, but not into the park until 10.30. There were so many roads closed and traffic because it was the run Disney weekend. So there was the Princess Marathon on the Sunday and the parks were pretty busy that weekend. They weren't as busy as President's Day, but they were pretty busy still. Hollywood Studios was a little bit quieter, but was expecting it to get very busy once the marathon properly kicked out. However, when we were at the bus at the hotel, The queue for Magic Kingdom was huge, so we were feeling a little hopeful that Hollywood Studios would be quieter. So we had a slow mooch about, and then we had breakfast at the market near Toy Story Land. We had French toast pretzels, which were great. They have a kind of syrup inside, which is quite fun. Uh, Everyone enjoyed those. And then we were into our first fast pass, which was Muppets and then we headed to launchpad bay which is where they do the character meets uh, for the start some of the star wars characters so we met with bb8 and we had an impromptu meet with fancy nancy from brontë and then vampirina neither of which she knew who they were but she just liked the look of them so we queued up and she met with them and that was while jonathan rode fast pass for rocking roller coasters because we already had a fast pass for that And then once he came back, we then went to meet Darth Vader as the the weight was less. So we went in to meet him. And it was at this time we managed to get a fast pass for Smuggler's Run at 10 past four, which we were thrilled about. I'd already got a fast pass for our last day, which was our travel day. We didn't really want to have to head to the studios on our last travel day. So that was great. So we were able to drop that. Anyway, we had lunch at ABC Commissary, another yummy plant based burger again mobile order was amazing we ordered it in while we were waiting in line for Darth Vader, and it was ready really quickly when we got there you just kind of tap a part of the app that says i'm here make my order and it's really good and a bypass all the lines and then we went standby for indiana jones which is great it's funny how they make it make out like it's a real film shoot which is fun it's still as spectacular as I as I remembered from before and all the effects and audience anticipation are great then we went over to galaxy's edge for our smugglers run fast pass so we went in at 4 and it took around 20 minutes to get out so it was quite a while even though we were walking on with the fast pass similar to rise of resistance and while jonathan rode that first me and the girls went to the droid shop and we had a little look around and Had to play with the droid in the special area. We'd bought the personality chip, but I really wouldn't recommend the extra charge. The only difference is the the sound it makes and that it reacts automatically to things in Galaxy's Edge. So it's not as as awesome as it sounds for the extra $15. So that was a bit annoying, but (laughs) hey-ho. Then it was my turn to to ride Smuggler's Run. Jonathan told me to wait for the pilot, which I did, but I drove the ship so badly. It was a bit embarrassing, <laughs> um, but it was still, still fun. And as the pilot, you're at the front, so that's quite neat. So you get to see, I guess you get to see a bit more. And again, another amazing ride and really similar to the, to the real set, which was really cool. When I got back from the ride, the stormtroopers had decided to take Layla with them as a new recruit. It really made her day. I heard so like everyone was following them, wondering where they were taking her. And I heard someone say, "Oh my gosh, are they taking that little girl with them?" And I wish I was that little girl. And they they even stopped so I could get some photos with her, which is not something they often do. Which was really special. <laughs> She's now officially with the first order, so I better watch out. Anyway, then we went on to our reservation, which was at Wilderness Lodge. So we went via bus for our reservation at Storybook Dining. It's the Snow White dining experience. There's Snow White there, there's the Evil Queen, and there's Grumpy and Dopey Dwarfs, which they were all really fun. The Evil Queen especially is so much fun. Great atmosphere and the theming. Not the most amazing food, but I think there was there was quite a lot of it for a non-buffet meal. The steak was really big, but it was really, really quite fatty, which wasn't great. The desserts were very on theme and the characters were just so good. Definitely recommend it as a character meet, especially if you're a Snow White fan. It's not so easy going from resort to resort. So on our journey home, we got a bus to Disney Springs and changed to get a bus from there to our hotel, French Quarter. Then we had to start to pack to go home, which was a bit sad. And we got ready for our next day, which was away from the Disney bubble. And this was Monday the twenty fourth, and this was our trip to Kennedy Space Center. So we arrived around quarter to ten. It was a bit of a mission to get there. So we had to get a bus from French Quarter to Hollywood Studios, and then we walked to the Swan Hotel, which was where our pickup was. We got picked up and taken to Icon Park to meet the big coach. So it was a bit long winded, but we got in the end. We went with a tour company called Greyline Tours, which I think I, from memory, booked via the Kennedy Space Center website. And we had a really good driver. He was, his name was Giovanni. He was really funny and super knowledgeable as well. He told us exactly where to go and what to see when we got there and we'd booked lunch with an astronaut so we had to take a different route to almost all of the rest of the coach and this ended up being a huge advantage because a lot of the exhibits were empty on our route. I actually found it really emotional. I highly recommend the podcast 10 Minutes to the Moon which I'll link in the show notes if you listen to that before you go. I kept thinking of that as I was going around. They just do everything so well and it's extremely impressive. They also have guys there who've actually worked for NASA stationed around so you can ask questions and things. I don't really get starstruck myself, but I was a bit in this situation so I let Layla do the questioning um, as a budding astronaut. The lunch with the astronaut was great. It's a kind of buffet style and our astronaut was a man called J.D. Bartow. It was amazing to hear his experiences and see all his photos and he answered questions and things and JD Bartow was very inspiring. After lunch we got the bus tour to the launch pad so you go on a coach and they take you out to a separate bit that you don't really get off on that bit you just kind of go round it and then come back and then we finished our day in the rocket garden. All in all, I highly recommend Kennedy Space Center as a day out from your Disney or Florida trip. The shuttle launch simulator is great. It's it's amazing to meet the people who make space travel happen and we all thoroughly enjoyed it. However, the only thing I would say is there is little to none for the younger ones to do. I mean, we didn't go for her after all, but there is a play area, but we didn't have time to go there because we were on a coach tour and we were limited to time. But I did think that you could probably do two days there, really. There's so much to do. So, after the Kennedy Space Centre on our way home, because we kind of had to change at Hollywood Studios, we decided to stop and have our dinner at Hollywood Studios. We had to wait ages for guest services as Layla had forgotten her magic band, so we couldn't get into the park. But they let us in, which was great, and because she was all on my app and everything and LinkedIn, and we had tea at ABC Commissary again. We stopped to watch the Star Wars show projection on the Chinese theatre. Really impressive show, not to be missed again for any Star Wars fans. The lasers kind of come out across the audience like lightsabers. So it was a great ending to our trip. Because the next day was our travel day. So that was Tuesday the 25th. And this was the end of our two-week trip, and wow, did we pack it in. Um, We started the morning off of our last day with the boring part of finishing packing, of course. Followed by they had a Mardi Gras parade at French Quarter. It was the only day that they did it. So we sat and watched the, the, all the cast members had made golf buggies into little floats, which was, which was quite sweet. And then at the end, they had Tiana in a horse and carriage, which was pretty cool. Again, lots of beads and sweets for the kids, which they loved. We were already booked to check out at the Virgin Desk in Disney Springs. However, you you have to make your own way there. You aren't allowed to take luggage on the Disney buses. So we booked an Uber, which was a bit annoying because we didn't kind of realise that before we booked it. But anyway, once there, they said that we we had to have booked the Magical Express, which we were planning on taking from our resort. So we'd have to go back and book it therefore we'd miss any last minute shopping and our time at Disney Springs. So again that was a bit frustrating. We had a long call to Virgin in the, in the UK from the Virgin desk there and they finally arranged transfers as it wasn't really communicated very well when I booked the trip and I really can't see much benefit to checking in at Disney Springs if you have to then return to the resort anyway. So I would just go the normal route from the resort and get the Magical Express that way if you're going to do that. Anyway, our last trip to Goofy's Candy to use our last snack credits and another stop at Polite Pig as we loved it so much. Like I said before, that mac and cheese is so good. (laughs) And that was the end of our trip. The journey home was an overnight flight, which is what it is. It was such a great trip. If you're also planning a Disney World trip, I really recommend the Insider... A strategy that i will link below in the show notes we're already planning another trip for a few years time when bronte's bigger and we can go on all the rides but for now i'm going to love listening to guest trips on this podcast and finding out more tips and tricks to make a disney world holiday awesome on the next episode of trip report i'm chatting with amy as she takes us through her trip also in february and also to disney world but with a very different experience as Amy went on Virgin's Star Wars Experience Package with extra special surprises that regular guests don't get to experience. If you love Disney and Star Wars, you don't want to miss this. And if you haven't listened to the Orlando Planning 101 episode that was previous to this and are planning a trip to Florida, you will definitely want to go back and listen to that one too. Thanks so much for joining me on today's Trip Report episode. It means so much that you've chosen to spend your time listening. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would be so thankful if you could subscribe and leave a rating and review in iTunes, as it helps to grow the podcast and for the podcast to be seen to more people. Or if you know someone who also loves travel and would love to hear this episode, please do share it with them. You can get more information on my Instagram and Facebook page at trip report podcast. You can email me at contacttripreport at gmail.com. You can also email me if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Until next time, travel well and travel safe.